Good morning again. Everyone's doing well. Um, we are uh, in the middle of or going through a new sermon series for the new year called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. It's something we do at the beginning of the year to kind of set apart a period of focused time for us to gather as a church, to pray together, to fast together, to seek the Lord and plead the Lord, for the Lord to do something. Um, before we get to that again this morning, um, one of the things we're doing right now uh, is in regards to uh, moving into a new space. And so over the last um, six, seven, eight, eight months or so, we've been doing ga- uh, two gatherings. And our two gatherings without the ice is typically both pretty full. Uh, and so we are attempting to move into a new building, and, and we found a building that we love. We found a place that we can come back together as one gathered people um, at one time to worship, to equip, and that uh, a place where we can put down roots, um, and, and a place where we can send out the gathered saints to go make disciples across uh, the 828 and across the nation and across the world. And we really believe this place is going to be a catalyst for change among the region. Um, and so we're praying for that. We're asking the Lord in his favor for that. And we feel as this, this is the next step for the Grove. And so if you were here several months ago, uh, we took a field trip. We, we walked out this back door. We walked up. Um, it wasn't icy that day, thank God. And so uh, we walked up this hill and down the street, just a couple doors down on Upper Street, uh, we found a place. Uh, to get into that place, we have to raise um, $20,000. The landlord is making a substantial investment to make the place um, rentable to anyone, and then we're going to put in money to make it a space for us. Um, and so we, are start, we had started a campaign called A Place to Call Home. If you're a guest this morning with us, um, because your church maybe they aren't having church today because it's ice or whatever, whatever reason you're here, um, this isn't me asking you for money. Um, it's not. It's just not how this works uh, here at the Grove. But this is for everyone who calls the Grove home to see how we might give sacrificially over the coming months in order to get us where we need to be to move into that space um, and to put down roots and to find a place to call home. Um, and so we are, today was hopefully going to be the day that we got those pledge cards in. If you had not seen them or don't have one or lost yours, they're up here on the table. Um, and there's a little chest box that my wife had, um, and is very cute, and she's really good at decorating, and so it's really nice. Um, it may look like it's just a piece to look at, but you can actually put your card in that box, um, and then we will know kind of where we stand and how much money we can expect to get above and beyond our normal giving, so we can see if this is something we can do um, and move into this place and start construction. So we're really excited. Um, and we've had some cards come in, but today was the day we were hoping that the bulk of these cards would come in. So if that's you today, man, during our time of worship and response, feel free to come up here and place your card in there. Um, we're not going to say no if you bring your card next week. we be like, oh, you can't give to us anymore, right? So um, if next week is the week you have to bring your card, go ahead and do so. But we're hoping that the bulk come in today. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. And then hopefully later we can share kind of where we are. Um, and, and kind of what God has done through that in the generosity of his people. So um, we are praying and fasting, and, and one of the things I want to hit um, every single week, and it's actually, we're going to turn this into four weeks, only 21 days of prayer and fasting, um, but as I'm crafting this final s- sermon for week three, 
um, it was either I'm going to make all our kids volunteers very upset and go super long, or we're just going to break into two sermons. And so we're just going to break into two sermons. So this will be four-week series, but just 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, last week, we talked about prayer, what is prayer, um, how to pray, why we pray was the, really the, the bulk of that sermon, because uh, I believe the reason why most of us don't pray isn't because we don't know that we should, it's because we don't really understand what prayer does. And so we talked about that and some obstacles to prayer. Today, we're going to talk about fasting, and then over the next two weeks, I'm going to um, really just kind of share uh, my heart and my prayers for us as a church over the next decade. Um, we ended a decade, um, four years as a church, but a decade. Uh, and as we move into this next de decade, man, I just have some things in my heart that I want to share, some prayers that I have for us as a people, and what God might do, and some, some, uh, some things that I want to share. So we're going to spend two weeks doing that, and then we'll be in Ephesians, and we'll be in Ephesians for quite some time. Um, that is an incredible book. If you haven't started reading it, uh, go ahead. When we start Ephesians, what we're going to have, I'm just gonna know, we don't have them here today. Uh, they're back ordered, but I've been promised we'll get them in stock, um, is we're going to have uh, Bible journals of just Ephesians. And so it's on the left-hand page, it's going to be Ephesians. On the right-hand page, it's going to be blank, so you can take notes. Um, we'll have those available for you. Um, you can purchase those. There's just going to be $5 for that. Um, if you want to give more than $5 and sponsor someone who might not be able to get one, you can do that. But we'll have them on a table up, up here by the giving box, and you can just drop $5 on an envelope and say, hey, this is for Ephesians, and then grab a book. And I'm excited. I think that'd be something amazing for you to take notes in, uh, something that you can have forever. Ephesians, here's a uh, scripture of Ephesians and my notes through Ephesians. And so we'll have that when we start, and I'm really excited to go through that. But today we're talking about fasting. Um, and one of the things I, want, I said I wanted to hit every single week of this four-week series now um, is that God, uh, we're asking the Lord and we're doing something um, that's a season. We're doing a season of prayer, yet we, we should not look at prayer and fasting as a seasonal thing. We should always be praying. We should be fasting more than once a year. Um, this is something that should be a part of our, of our life. And so I want to really stress every week that while we are doing something extraordinary um, and asking the Lord to do something extraordinary, these things should be ordinary in our lives. We should be a praying people. We should be a fasting people. We should be seeking the Lord always. And God works in the ordinary. He works in the everyday things of life. He works, some of you guys probably with great excitement started a Bible reading plan this year. And some of you, with great disappointment, have already missed a couple days. Um, and, but just, just pick it back up, okay? And reading your Bible every day, and you're getting to these parts of the Bible you don't understand, that don't make it just, just um, lineages and genealogies and years and all these things that you're just like, why, do I, why is this in here? Just keep reading, keep going. It's the ordinary things of everyday life that God's going to work. Someday, and I've ha we've got stories of this where I've just got dudes who just read scripture, listen to sermons, and then someday they are counseling men through the gospel, and they had no idea where this is coming from. It's just over the course of a year, two years of being in the word, being in the gospel, hearing the gospel preached, men, men come up to him for advice, and they're just preaching the gospel, and they didn't, like, I didn't know I had that in me. Like, I don't know. It was just the ordinary things of everyday life that caused that to come out. Um, and so don't skip over the ordinary, but for 21 days, we're asking the Lord 
to do some extraordinary things. We're asking the Lord to move in some ways, to move in our hearts, to, to, to cause revival in our hearts, to cause revival in our church, and to cause revival in our community, and just pleading with the Lord to do something um, uh, extraordinary, even though we are glad that he works in the ordinary. We have this um, holy, contented discontentment, okay? Like we are content with what the Lord is doing, but there's this discontent, like we just want more. And we'll talk about that today in fasting. And so um, in the passage we just read, um, there is this story going on. And, and, and really, uh, I want to just say real quick what fasting is in its most basic definition. It is the abstaining from food for a period of time. Uh, we'll talk about why and, and all this other stuff later, but just, like, just know that when we talk about fasting in Scripture, it's not eating for a period of time. And so, so what happens is, um, in Matthew chapter 9, John the Baptist uh, disciples, he's not, it's not a denomination, he baptized people. Um, he's, not, he's not from the Southern Baptist Convention, although they're great. It's just not who John was. The disciples of John, the baptizer, came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast? Why do we abstain from eating at times, but your disciples do not fast? And so um, they come up and ask because there was this great distinction Jesus and his disciples were actually known to be kind of partiers. Like they loved eating. They loved, they've, been, they've been accused of being gluttons. They've been accused of being drunkards um, because they, they loved eating. They loved drinking. They, they were excited about things, and they partied with sinners, and they ate, and they drank. And so they had this reputation for eating and drinking, but the holy people, the religious people, right, the, uh, or uh, holy in quotes, the the John's John's disciples and the Pharisees, they didn't do those things. They abstained from those things. And so John's disciples, confused, in a really valid question, come to Jesus, hey, why do your disciples um, eat and drink all the time and and we're fasting? Why why is this happening? And, And so Jesus then begins to share this really cool picture, um, and he says this, and Jesus said to them, can the wedding guest mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast. And so Jesus is saying, look, like, my people, my disciples are not fasting because they're with me. Like, they're, like you, you don't go to a party um, and not eat and not partake. Um, you don't go to a wedding and, 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 just, um, and just sit around and don't eat, don't partake. And, and, and so for some of us, um, our ideas of weddings are a lot smaller than what weddings were back then. Uh, weddings today are like, tw- the ceremony's like 20 minutes long. Um, the reception's like a couple hours long. Back then, they were days and w- weeks-long celebrations of people eating and drinking and celebrating and dancing. Like, it was a fun time. Uh, a wedding back then, we think of, like, Christmas and Thanksgiving as these big celebrations. We get around a table and we eat. Weddings back then would make our Thanksgivings and our Christmas celebrations look, look like a, a, a weekend for, for them. Like, this is just what we do on the weekend. We celebrate like this. When we go out to really party and we want to do something fun, weddings, like, we... We, it's, it's, it's fun. There's a lot of eating and drinking. And so um, Jesus is painting this picture that, that when you're at the wedding, when you're with the bridegroom, you don't mourn, you don't, you don't fast, you don't abstain from participating. You participate. And so Jesus is saying, I'm here with them. Why would they abstain from, from this? Why would, they, why would they fast? Why would they abstain? Now, there is a time where I will leave, and then they will fast. The days will come. 
when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. But when I'm here, man, they're feasting. They're feasting with Jesus. But when I'm gone, they will fast. Look, so, so fasting is something Jesus assumes his disciples are going to do when he's gone. Um, if you look through the Old Testament, there's no commands to fast. All of the fasting in the Old Testament are, are from narratives. It's stories of people fasting. And you see, there, and, and, and so there was no, like, you must fast, but there was fasting going on. And, and uh, John's disciples are fasting, the Pharisees are fasting, and Jesus' disciples aren't. But Jesus says, when I'm gone, they will fast. There, there, there's an assumption. Not, he didn't even tell his disciples to fast. He's just like, they're going to. And, and another other place um, where a similar thing is said is, like, when you, Jesus says, uh, when you pray, pray like this. And right after that, he says, when you fast, fast like this. So there's this, this assumption that people would be fasting. And I think it's a great disservice to the church that we don't do this very often. Not even as a church, just like in our lives, we don't abstain from things very often. Specifically food, if we're just talking about food. We just, we love indulging, and we don't practice this spiritual habit of grace very often. It's something Jesus um, may have never said, you must do this, but it's something he just assumed his disciples would do. It's almost like it went without saying you're going to fast, and when you do, do it like this. And then here he says, there's a time coming where I will no longer be with them, and they will fast. And then he goes into this um, comparison of, of an old garment and a patch and, uh, and, and a new garment and old wineskins and new wine. And this is a verse, these are verses that have been horribly taken out of context um, and, and myself included uh, in my early days of ministry moving here to Spruce Pine. He, he, here's, the, here's the passage. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. So here's what happens. You have these people who want to uh, make change in a church, right? They like, want to do some new things to reach new people. And they're like, hey, we got to do this. And we, we got to stop doing some of this stuff because if we bring this new wine into this old wine skin, things are just going to burst. It's not going to go well, right? So if we, if we bring contemporary music, we got to get rid of the choir. We got to get rid of the organ. We got to get rid of the, you know, if we're going to try and bring a good youth ministry and we got to get rid of the VBS and like you just try and we got to kick out these things because if we're bringing in this new wine, we've got to get rid of these old wine skins. That's not what this verse is talking about at all. Um, and I used it like that. I would tell uh, people who knew a lot more than me, hey, like these things we're doing are old wineskins, and we're trying to bring something new in here. We've got to stop. And it was wrong, and it was, it was bullying for me. And, and, and it's not what this verse is talking about. Now, we can talk about, hey, maybe there are some changes we can make to reach people, but that's not coming from this passage. What Jesus is saying in this passage is there was an old reason why you fast, and there was, that the reason you guys fast is not why my disciples are going to fast. See, the reasons why you fast in the Old Testament, one was for consecration, to, to, to set yourself apart, to make yourself holy. So, so when Joshua, um, after Moses, leads the Israelites into the promised land, what he does first is he sets up a time of fasting. And he says, let's consecrate ourselves, let's make ourselves holy by fasting so we can go into the promised land. There's a time for mourning. So when, uh, when Saul died, Samuel the prophet, when King Saul died, Samuel the prophet set up a time of fasting. And then word went out to David, and David heard that Saul had died, uh, which was good news for David because Saul was trying to kill him. But what did Saul do? Saul, or what did David do? David fasted. 
And so it's a time of mourning. Uh, you can go on and on. It's a t- it's, it's, they would fast for, re- for, for uh, national and, and personal repentance and national and personal forgiveness. They would fast for these things. And what Jesus is saying in this passage is when, when a time is coming where my, I'm not going to be with my disciples anymore, and they're going to fast. But they're going to fast for different reasons. They're not going to fast to make themselves holy because I have made them holy. They're not going to fast to make to give themselves repentance or forgiveness because repentance and forgiveness has been given to them through the cross. Like, we don't fast for those things. We don't fast so we can earn anything from God. We don't fast to make ourselves holy. We don't fast to try and, try and cause repentance in our lives. We don't fast to, to try and earn God's forgiveness. We don't do anything to get those things. And so Jesus is teaching here the reason why you guys fast it was good, but we're no longer going to have to do those things. Something new is coming. A new covenant is coming. A new people I'm making, and they won't fast to make themselves holy. They'll be made holy by my blood. They're not going to fast to give themselves repentance or forgiveness. I will offer them forgiveness through grace. The reason why we fast as Christians today is because we've tasted the kingdom and nothing else will satisfy. We've tasted the Lord, and he is good, and we can't get enough, and so we fast. It's not to make us something that we already are in Christ. It's not to give us something that we already possess in Christ, but it's to have more of him. him. And so we fast because the kingdom is good, and we've tasted it, and we want more of it. And that's what Christian fasting is. My dad um, is actually a pretty good cook. And uh, in, in high school, he would make these, these hamburgers. We called them Pops Burgers. Uh, his name was Pops. Well, it's not his real name, so we called him. And so we, call, we had Pops Burgers. And they were just incredible. Like, li- literally, friends would come over and request this dish be made. Um, and he'd make it. And so I just thought, this is how hamburgers are. And then I moved to North Carolina, and I married into a new family. And I'm not going to name any names, but that new family had some new cooks, and they would cook hamburgers. Um, and they just weren't the same. Uh, they, they, um, see, what happens if you try and cook hamburgers, and then you get distracted and leave the grill, um, is, is things begin to catch fire, things begin to burn, and things begin to dry. And, and you don't want any of those things with hamburgers, right? Like, um, you don't want them dry, burnt, like, you just don't want those things. And so, I moved here, and I was like, we're having hamburgers, fantastic. And they just weren't, there's, like, (laughs) there's something better, okay? Like, there's something better out there, and you guys need it. And, and we need to do this. And so, so I called Pops. I was like, Pops, hey, hamburgers out here are not the same, um, what, how, do we, how do we get these out here? How do we get these hamburgers out here? Uh, and, so, and so Pops gave me some advice. It's really simple. Um, and so now I love making hamburgers because they taste incredible. Um, and, uh, and not because I made them, because my father. My father's a good cook. And, so, and, and I've, I mean, I've tried some new things. And, and, and so much, I don't like to brag about myself, but um, the person who made the horrible burgers, and they've gotten better, um, requested our hamburgers for Christmas this year. Like, they're like, hey, Christmas is coming up. Could we have your hamburgers? Like, I would love to have your hamburgers. And so there's, there's this sense that once you've tasted something so good, you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back to lesser things. 
And this is why we fast as Christians, because we've tasted the goodness of the Lord, and we don't want to go back to lesser things. We don't, like, Jesus is not with us right now physically, and so we fast and long for his return, and long for more of him, because he is good. And that's what Christian fasting is. There's a couple things that fasting does that I want to go over. Um, and so the rest of the sermon is this. Is, is, is what does Christ, Christian fasting do to us? Like, what does it actually do? Um, and then we're going to talk about how. And then we're going to spend five minutes, like we did last. Last week we spent ten minutes just praying. This week we're going to spend five minutes just praying. And I want you to seek the Lord. How might you fast this week and next week? How, and maybe, for some of us, how might we get into a rhythm of fasting over the next year? And so, um, he, here we are. So, what does fasting do? I, I think one of the things that fasting does, we see in Scripture, um, is, is the way I heard it put, is it just turns up the power a little bit. Okay? So, there's this story in, in, in Matthew, I think 17, and in Mark chapter 9, uh, where the disciples are trying to cast out a demon, and, and, and they can't do it. And the thing is, is the disciples have already cast out a bunch of demons, Right? And so, remember, because Jesus sends the, sends the disciples out, and they go out, and they cast out demons. They come back super excited. They're like, Jesus, oh my goodness, you'll never believe what happened. Um, which, of course, he would. And, but he's like, you'll never believe what happened. We, even demons listen to us. And Jesus says, hey, don't, don't be excited about that. Like, your name's written in the book of life. That's something to be excited about. And so, and so real quick, side note, people who get really excited about the signs and wonders and things, Jesus would even say to that, like, hey, that, those are things that are great. But that's not what we're excited about. We're excited about that we're saved, that our name is written in the book of life. So Jesus tells them, rebukes them for that, um, and now they're trying to cast out demons again, and they just can't do it. They're having trouble. Jesus comes, and they're like, hey, Jesus, we're having some trouble here. Jesus says, oh, some of these, these kinds, which is like a terrifying verse at first, right? Because that means there's kinds of demons, and that's like, I don't want to hear that. Like, I thought it would be nice if there's just one kind we only had to know about. Um, but there's kinds of demons. He says some, some of these kinds can only be cast out through prayer and fasting. Through prayer and fasting. And so Jesus does his thing. The, the demons listen and, and flee because of Christ. And so, so here's the thing I would say. Is, is for some of us, there's some things in our life that we um, don't like about our life. And I don't mean like the way we look, but I mean like some real heart issues. Like some of us are struggling with some real lust in our heart. And maybe are addicted to things like pornography. Some of us have some real struggles with anger. And we have so much unforgiveness towards people. Some of us have some real struggles with jealousy. And we get frustrated when our friends have new friends. We get frustrated when um, people spend time with other people. Some of us have real, real struggles with gossip. Like, there's some real struggles in our life, and we, 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 don't, we hate it, we don't like it, but we find ourselves continuing to do it. And we don't want to do it anymore. And here's one of the things that we see about fasting, is fasting turns up the power a little bit. And so if it's something that you really want to kill in your life, something you really want to destroy, something you really want to get out of your life, you want more of Christ and less gossip, more Christ and less jealousy, more Christ, less anger, more Christ, less lust, man, Fasting something is a tool in your belt you should use to get rid of those things. Fast 
ask the Lord to remove those things. Lord, say, I want you. I don't want to gossip anymore. All I want is you. Would you give me more of you? And you abstain from food to kind of feel that, Lord, as I hunger for food, I want to hunger for you that much. And so we fast. And that kind of leads me to the next point, is that we also fast to sharpen our affections for God. Um, And so um, John Piper would say it this way about fasting, that she, she being fasting, she reveals the measure of food's mastery over us, or television, or computers, or whatever we submit to again and again to conceal the weakness of our hunger for God. And she remedies by intis- intensifying the earnestness of our prayer and saying with our whole body what prayer says with the heart, I long to be satisfied in God alone. And so it's... It sh- we, 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 um, it reveals to us idols in our heart. It reveals to us those things, and it sharpens our affections. Lord, would you give me a, a hunger for you like I hunger for this thing? And here's why I think food is a big thing. Food is the number one source of comfort. Over drugs, over alcohol, food is the number one source of comfort in our lives, right? And we know that. People say things like, you can eat your feelings, right? Like, we get it. It's not foreign to us. Some days, it's just a hard day, and nothing feels like it's going to help me but some pizza. Like, if I could just get some pizza today, everything's going to feel better. And here's the scary part about that, is it legit feels better for a moment. Like, when I'm eating that pizza, when I'm, like, two bowls into that Blue Bell tub, like, when I'm doing that, like, I feel... I feel, don't judge, you guys do the same thing, okay? I feel the judgment and the snickers, but it's you guys too. When, when, you're, when you're into that, like it feels good, and it's like, man, but it's, it's cheap, and it's fleeting, and it doesn't last, and you got to keep going back to pizza, you got to keep going back, and keep going back, and let me tell you, continuing to go back to pizza day after day is not going to be good for you. It's just not. And there's something better out there. So food is a legit thing that we crave for comfort. And so I really believe that if you are able to abstain from food, food should be a thing you fast from from time to time. I'm fully aware that there's medical reasons why some of us cannot. But if you can, I really believe you should. I think, I th- I think you'll see that abstaining from food is going to reveal some things in you that other things just aren't going to do. Like, like um, people have lived generations without, your, without social media. So fasting from social media, as much as it may seem painful for you, it's not that impressive, okay? My parents did it. I wish they would now, but they don't. <laughs> but they did for a long time, right? And so like all these other things, foods, foods this unique thing that we literally need to live. And if we abstain from that, we're saying with our whole body, God, it's you that give me life, not this food. It's you that give me life, purpose, and meaning, not food. Lord, so like, if you can abstain from food, man, I pray that you would. Now, we'll get into how in a second. Um, but I, I do believe from time to time you should fast from other things. I think computers, television, um, uh, Social media, all these other things are good things to fast from, but food is going to be something that we see a biblical precedence for, 
Jesus never said fasting from social media, um, but he specifically talked about food. And, and I, think, I think we'll see precedence for that, and it's going to reveal some things, some anger, some um, us being short with people that, that just, we're just not going to see otherwise. And so this is why we fast. We've tasted God, we've tasted the kingdom, and nothing else satisfies. We fast because we want to turn up the power in our life and kill some things that we've been unable to kill. And we fast to make us want Jesus more. So how do we fast? Um, I think the first thing, if you've never fasted before, I think you should start small. Um, we talked about this last week with praying. Um, it's a new year. New people are at the gym, and people are going too hard too fast, and they're walking around like their hips have exploded um, because they're just super sore, and they've just done some things they shouldn't have done. Uh, some personal people in my life are doing that, and it's, I got to pick up everything off the floor at home. I'm just telling you. Um, <laughs> Margie's unable to. And... Um, she'll get, she's stretching, she's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I didn't ask her, I'm going to, that's not good. Um, <laughs> she won't even look at me now. Uh, start small. Uh, don't, like, decide, I'm going to do, like, a five-day fast. Like, don't do that. Um, just start small. Like, literally start with a meal. Like, I'm going to fast from breakfast on Thursday. It's a good goal. Um, it's a really good goal. I'm going to fast from breakfast and lunch. Work yourself up to a whole day. And, you, and there's different, like, don't think that you have to do, like, Thursday. One of my favorite ways to fast is to fast Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, and then break my fast with friends on Friday night. Like, that's, like, breaking fast in the morning isn't very fun. Like, it's just, like, oh, cool, I get to eat sausage and eggs by myself, you know? Like, um, no, like, like, have fun. Like, fast. End, end your fast with dinner and celebrate with friends. Drink some good drink. Um, eat some good food. Like, celebrate. Uh, but start small and work your way up to things. One thing I think you really need to do when you fast is to plan what you're going to do instead of eating. Fasting is not simply abstaining from food. If all you do is stop eating, you don't replace that with seeking the Lord, all you've done is gone hungry. You've not really fasted. You've just stopped eating for a period of time. So fasting is this intensifying of our, of our affections for God. And so when you decide to fast, plan, make a decision, this is what I'm going to do instead of eating that morning. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do something other than eat, and I'm going to pray and ask for these things. So, so make a plan. Try different kinds of fasting. Um, you, can, you can fast from other things. Uh, like we talked about, you know, um, uh, social media, TV, different things. Uh, and then lastly, here's what I would say. Is, is when you plan your fasting, don't plan things just to take your mind off of the eating and the hunger. The point isn't to try and diminish your hunger, but to use that hunger to fuel your hunger for God. So um, if, you're, if you're just going hungry and you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm really hungry right now. Let's think about something else. Let's think about uh, sports. Okay, you know, my team. Like, like don't just try and replace it and think about it. And like when you feel that hunger pain and you're like, oh man, like I am starving. And you're not. You're just a little hungry. But you're like, I'm hungry. Um, like use that. Don't try and think about something else. Say like, God, man, Ugh, I want you as much as I want this thing. Like, I want 
to long for you. I want to pant for you like a deer pants for water. I want that. And so pray for that. Ask for that. Seek the Lord. Don't just try to think of something else. But do it. Pray. Seek the Lord how you should fast. So, so here's, here's what I would say. In just a moment, we're going to spend five minutes praying. Um, we're going to have some instrumental music. It won't be as awkward as it seems. Um, but just pray. Seek the Lord. Lord, should I fast? If I should, Lord, how would you have me fast this week? How would you have me fast? What would you have me fast from? So seek the Lord. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to move into that time. Uh, five minutes, and then I'll come back up, and we'll lead us into a time of response. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that you've given us the tool of fasting uh, to intensify our hunger for you, to intensify our affections for you, to turn up the Holy Spirit's power in our life, that we may um, kill some things and ask you to kill some things in our life, Lord, that just aren't of you, that we just don't want anymore. Or would you move in us this week as we fast, as we abstain from food or other things, and as we crave the kingdom that we've tasted? Father, I love you. Be with us in this moment as we seek you and answer our prayer. I pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.
I'm going to pray, and we'll transition to a time of response. But l- look at me. Like, you don't fast to earn anything from God. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. We fast because we want more of that which we've tasted. As we respond, we're going to sing, and we're going to celebrate all that God has given us. We're going to respond through song. We're going to eat and drink. So if you're a Christian today and you want to come up and partake in communion, it'll be up here at the bar. There is bread, wine, and juice. Celebrate. Remember what Christ has done for you. Literally taste it. And as we fast, we feast on Christ. So we're reminded of what he's given us, and let's feast this morning. And then um, we'll have it chance for those who are members of the Grove to respond in giving. That's up here on the bar. You can also give online, but this is how we respond to God. Singing, eating, drinking, giving, praying. And so let's do that this morning, um, and I'll pray. God, Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us in Christ. I thank you that you've um, allowed us as Christians to taste Lord God, I pray that you would just be with us this morning as we sing, as we eat, as we drink, as we give, as we pray. Lord, would you um, receive our worship? Would it be holy and glorifying to you and acceptable for you? God, we long for you to return and finish what you've started. Lord, so we pray that you would come. We pray that as we fast, We would long even more for that day. I want to pray this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing.